From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 274. Today's show is brought to you by Pen Chalet, Blue Apron, and Harry's. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Brad Dowdy. Hello, Mike Hurley. How are you? I'm good, Brad Dowdy. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad to be able to talk to you this week. It was mm. a close call mm-hmm. with Hurricane Irma hitting the south, and I know a lot of people in Florida had it really bad, so yep. our thoughts are out to them, and it's a lot of people here in Georgia where I'm at had it bad, and we didn't have power for, I don't know, 36 hours or so, and it was super annoying, but overall, we were pretty unscathed, so thank you for pushing this show back to allow us to get uh, back into back into shape to record, so thank you. Look, I'll do anything for you. You know that. Mm. Sweet. I but appreciate I'm, that. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry that you had some issues. I'm sorry that other people obviously have had uh, yes. bigger issues. Yeah, We were lucky. It could have been a lot worse. So yeah. we'll, we will take what we can get. Yep. And uh, certainly no complaints here. Yeah, loss of power no and internet here. for a few days is fine, right? Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We will deal with that. Um. So in a hard transition, it's like a almost whiplash like, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to uh talk about one maybe the most frivolous thing compared to a hur- hurricane is the Apple event mm-hmm. and the reason why I want to talk about it is because I didn't watch any of it. That's not really my thing. You know, I love my Apple products and my phone and my, you know, laptop and and everything, but I don't get into the the keynote launchy type stuff like you do and and a lot of our friends do. But what I my question came up after it was all done, was anything announced that analog lovers would appreciate, say, about, you know, new iOS or the new phones or anything like that? Well, there wasn't anything announced yesterday that I think really has a, an impact in any way. But there are mm-hmm. some features in iOS 11, which comes out next week, which I did just want to mention because there are quite a few um, Apple Pencil improvements. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of them, there's no new hardware, by the way, like that's just the thing, no new Apple Pencil stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, gotcha. But there are be- it's better Pencil functionality in many places throughout the system. So in the Notes app now, you can now draw on a note in line. You don't have to enter okay. a drawing mode and like ha- add the drawing in. You can just okay. draw in the note um, and like as soon as you put your the pencil on the on the screen. You can also, um, if you tap an Apple Pencil on the lock screen, so like if you wake your device and tap a pencil on it, it opens a new note or the previously used note without you needing to enter a password or anything. So it becomes really easy to start taking notes with the device. You don't have to even unlock it. You can just start start drawing. Um, There's also a system-wide markup feature. So a lot more apps are implementing the markup toolkit. But and even better than that is with screenshots now, you take a screenshot and you can immediately go into an editing mode. So you take a screenshot, especially on an iPad, and it just uh, the screenshot kind of shrinks down to the bottom left of the screen. It doesn't save it in your camera roll. And you mm. can open it and you can draw on it and you can mark it up and you can send it off and then you can just delete the screenshot all in the same view, which is really awesome. The screenshot feature is, is awesome. And uh, Apple Pencil is making all of that stuff better. In iOS 11. Yeah, so that's actually something I will use. It's something I do use now. Yep. the The markup toolkit I, is a big thing for me. Then you're going to love it because it's 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 going to be in a lot of other places. Um, but the best thing is that you can just take a screenshot of anything, and and use it. Okay, cool. Very so cool. You're going to be a okay, fan of I, that. 
Yes. So like I was totally out of that loop with the the week I've had. So yeah, I wanted to catch and see if there was anything, anything like that coming down the pipe that I should be looking forward to. So I I appreciate that. And uh, uh, I I appreciate all of our listeners letting me do that (laughs) because I was curious. This week, Um, like this week, iPhone week is the week where every show I do, no matter what it is, it sneaks in. Every single show. Yeah. Yeah. All of them. Exactly. Exactly. There's always something that we can cross pollinate and something I'm curious about and, yeah. and things like that. Something our listeners are curious about, and especially mm. our Kickstarter backers mm-hmm. are curious about, is the Field Notes event we're having coming up on October, October the 13th. Uh-huh. Yeah. I noticed this morning we're on the Field Notes calendar, yep. Mike. They sent out a tweet this morning, upcoming events. So we threw that in the show notes if you want to see that. So here's what we're going to do. The recording is going to be at 12 o'clock noon on Friday, October 13th, and we are limiting it. Well, we're not limiting it. The space is limiting it to 25 people. That means there's a lot of us already head counted into that. So we're going to open up 15 spots for Kickstarter backers, and I'm going to email a note to Kickstarter backers today who are going to be in Chicago or live in Chicago or can get there for noon on Friday for the live recording. Mm-hmm. And if we have more than 15 people that can guarantee me they're going to be there, we'll have to do a lottery and I'll randomly select the people that can come to the live recording. Yeah, and this is, now, a, you, this is a thing that you will have to have a ticket for. Um, we need to be really strict about this because of limitations on the space that we're going to be recording in. So there will be tickets assigned um, and or proof of ticket required yeah, uh, for you be to a be list. able to go to. But this, isn't, but this isn't the only thing that we're doing. So we're recording the show and then, you know, that will be done. But then at four o'clock, Field Notes are opening their doors because they're amazing. And we're doing an open house with them. So like an open house slash meetup. And we'll be there. A bunch of Relay FM hosts are going to be there because loads of us are in town for the release notes um, event, like conference. So there's going to be a bunch of people. I think, I I assume uh, that it will be at least uh, me and you, Federico Vitici, Mm -hmm. Stephen Hackett, and Jason Snell, I think, Mm -hmm. at least will be there. Um, So we'll we'll all be hanging out and you can come along. But yeah, that will be an open to anyone. Anyone can come by at four o'clock. Um, but for the yes. for the live show, um, there's a, there's going to be a, a very small audience that we're going to be able to have in there. Um, we are going to attempt to be live streaming, of course. Um, so we're going to do our best to try and live stream the event. Um, and, will that uh, be our show this week? That will be our show for that week, yes. Okay. And then the backers will get the video of the, the event. The backers will get a video, yeah. Okay. Cool. So just quick recap. October the 13th at noon, we're recording. Mm-hmm. The live podcast shooting the video for the Panatic backers from our Kickstarter campaign. We're going to have 15 tickets open, and I'm going to send out the information on how to apply for that this afternoon. Starting at 4 o'clock, and from 4 to 7, I think was the time frame, is wide open. Anyone who would like to come hang out with us at Field Notes, see Jim, Brian, check out the new Field Notes HQ, which I haven't seen. I just saw it under construction, yep. so I'm anxious Buy to stuff. see it. Buy stuff. They're going to have uh, food and drink there. 
Um, I'm trying to work out something a little special. I'm not sure if I can pull it off, so I'm not ready to say it yet. But um, if that if I can pull that off, it's going to be pretty awesome. Um, I, I hope to be able to do that. So from 4 to 7 is the open house time. If you can't make it to the 12 o'clock uh, event or didn't get uh, a ticket assigned to you for the 12 o'clock event. So we good? We good on that? I think so. So yeah, if you're at Kickstarter backer, um, keep an eye on your email inbox because uh, there's going to yep. be an update going out which has more information about how you can come by. All right, cool. Well, I'm excited. It's it's one of those things that we knew it was coming down the line, then all of a sudden it's close, and now we're all panicking. So, yeah, <laughs> it's good. It's good. So this probably should have gone um, next to the Apple event, but I wanted to talk about Moleskine's new planner technology that they've uh, released, I guess, about a week ago, and we missed talking about it last week. But I saw it this past weekend, and again, it's just one of those things that seems really good for like the two people that will use it, right? It is hyper specific use case, I think. So it's essentially you get the Moleskine, you get their pen, which is, you know, like the live scribe system, the, and then you get a proprietary planner that will sync with your Google Calendar. I think in theory, that's pretty awesome. Like I like to be able to write stuff down and it ends up in my calendar. But this is so specific. Like how could I justify, you know, another 200 bucks to write things in my calendar? Mike, am I missing something here? <sighs> these these products to me now, um, I see them as part product, part marketing. Mm-hmm. On Moskin's part, I think mm-hmm. what they are trying to do is position themselves as bridging the gap between technology and paper, which honestly I think is the correct move for them as a company right now. Um, sure, to because th- they are they are furthering their attempt at becoming the default business notebook, and a way right. that they can do that is to is bridge technology and and paper. Because this is the dream, right? That like you can take notes and have the notes with you wherever you go. Like it's great. And mm. this is a cool piece of technology. Like if it works, we haven't used it. The ability to be able to, whilst you're taking notes, write down things. Like so you're taking notes in a meeting and like, oh, we need to meet at this time. We need to go over another thing. And you can just write it down and it appears in your calendar. Like that's mm. kind of wonderful. I mean, this stuff isn't cheap, but it's getting cheaper um, and also if you're already in the system, right? Like if you're already using these Moleskine smart stuff, you can just buy right. this new planner and it apparently will work with the existing stuff that you've got, which we have played with and is really good. Do you remember we played it's with Atlanta really, a year ago? I don't think it was best device I've used yeah. related to this type of, it was of work. Wonderful, like wonderfully good working piece of equipment. So the fact that this stuff is getting better quite quick, they may as well just keep pushing down this line even if they're just inching their way towards like an, an honestly like just an incredible product, right? Mm. I figure this is the right thing to do, even though I assume not many people are using it, but it's expensive enough that you're gonna get a bunch of people that will buy it for the for the for the fun of it. You know? Yeah, so when I f- when I found this article, I found a different article relating to Moleskine wanting to partner and incubate a group of technology companies that want to work on this analog 
plus digital pairing. So it's clearly this is the path they're going down. Like they're going to push this hard. They're looking for companies that can help them evolve these things. So, you know, maybe one day we will actually use these types of devices, but it's always, it's just so, you're just so locked in for like our audience, right? We like all kinds of different things. We don't stick to one pen and one paper. So it's hard to justify the costs to be completely tied into something like this, but I get it. Like I certainly get it. And, you know, maybe that'll never be our audience, if you will, but maybe we'll get close. Maybe we'll be be able to use other things. You know, the dream scenario is to be able to use any pen, any paper, any time and have it transferred digitally somehow. Yeah, but that's never going to happen, is it? Right, like, uh, like, how could you use any pen and any paper? Like, there has to be something, right? There has to be a thing, Um, even if it's, you know, you clip something to something or whatever. Yeah, so let's talk about the Wacom, Wacom, Bamboo Slate. Yeah, yeah. Wacom bamboo slate. So what if you had a slate, essentially a tablet, but you don't write on the tablet, you place the paper on top of the tablet. And then your pen, like you said, is not a proprietary pen. It's an attachment to your existing pen. And then you can transfer. So that's not what this slate, that's not what the bamboo slate pretends to be. But I'm testing one of these out because they have a cool partnership now with Rodia. And Execlair, the U.S. distributor for Rodia, sent me one of these. Now that they're partnering with them, they're providing the pads um, to Wacom. What did you say? Wacom? No, it's Wacom. You can say Wacom, Wacom if you like, which I know is what Marco <laughs> likes to say, Wacom. but it's, uh, it's Wacom. Wacom. So technically, the pin detail transfer to the digital device is killer. Like, it works exceptionally well, but there's 8,000 hangups. So... You put the notebook on top of a piece of plastic, right? And then when you write yeah. on the notebook, it tr- it transfers digitally to an app. But it's all the pen. It doesn't have to be on the slate itself. So why the, does slate the slate is the, exist? It is your sync. It's part of the sync platform. I haven't totally gone through the details because if you think about it, I'm writing on a Rodia pad that's 80 pages thick and I'm writing on the top page that does not come through to the slate itself because I'm writing on the topmost page. It's super clunky because it's like this huge piece of plastic like a clipboard, but it doesn't actually add functionality. It just syncs it. Yep. So like, Mm. like it's the sync piece. So yeah, I'll have, I'll have plenty to say about this because it's really not that great for what they're asking for it. I think it's $149. Mm. And while my, my output is super clean and neat, it's kind of pointless But we'll go into that as I review it more. But I wanted to talk about this because, like, mentally, I can see a time where I actually have a slate and I throw my Tomoe River paper on there and I have my fine cursive italic fountain pen nib and somehow what I write gets transferred digitally and in color. That's another thing. (laughs) These are just black and white, which is freaking annoying. You see, the slate thing is, like, as, as clunky and awkward to me as needing to use a proprietary pen or paper. It is. It, it it totally is. Because I mean, that's what you do. You're using the same pen technology with the same D1 refill. Yeah. So, you know, which is fine. But I, what's, I just don't really have that wide acceptance use case that I can picture in my head. Yeah. It's... And that's what I want. I want that widely accepted use case for all of these things. Because I see the value in the technology, but I don't see it 
as a widely accepted thing yet. No, because so. there's no elegant, truly elegant solution. And there's no, uh, there's no fiddly solution for all of us, right? We want to be fiddly with this kind of stuff. <laughs> I consider the fiddliness elegance. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, because it's like I, I don't want there to. If I want this thing to happen, but I don't want to have to jump through a bunch of hoops to do it. Right. Like that's that's right. the problem. Right. Right. Well, tell us about someone that is elegant, Mike. <laughs> I want to talk about Pen Chalet. Uh, Pen Chalet are helping to support this week's show. Pen Chalet have all of your favorite brands and all of the writing utensils that you're looking for. Whether you're looking for Pelican, Lamy, Pilot, Namiki, Sailor, Kaveco, maybe you're looking for rollerballs, fountain pens, ballpoints, mechanical pencils, carrying cases, pen holders, refills, fountain pen converters, everything you want, Pen Chalet have got it. They do great prices and great shipping. They're always doing discounts and sales. They have very fast and reliable customer service. And they do free shipping on orders of over $50 in the U.S. with great rates internationally for shipping too. Pen Chalet has low prices on high-quality pens and offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Got a killer offer this week. Go to penchalet.com. Click the podcast link at the top of the website. Enter the password penaddict. You will then find the code that you need to save 10% on anything at Penchalet, no matter whatever you want to buy, whenever you want to buy it, just by going to penchalet.com and hitting the, uh, the the link at the top, entering the password penaddict. You'll get a code to save 10% on anything. But as always, also there you will find a special offer. This is one of those offers where I can tell you what the product is, but I can't tell you the prices. Um, mm. Pen Chalet are discounting all Leuchtturm 1917 notebooks. Brad, is the discount good? <laughs> so this is where I say this is dumb. And by dumb, I mean amazing. Like, How are they doing this kind of thing? Right? Yeah. yeah. So I use that phrase a lot when I see these deals that Ron comes up with. I mean, it's in the no-brainer mm-hmm. category, right? Mm-hmm. I mean... The A5 hardcover memo book is kind of the standard Leuch term. And soft covers. And I've, they have soft covers too, which I love. The soft covers are probably my favorite. Yeah. But the A5 hardcover is kind of the standard. Mm-hmm. I've never seen them. For, I've never seen them for that price. So actually, yeah. Um, let me refine that. I've never seen them for close to that price. Yeah. So, I, so you got to yeah. do it. You've just you've just got to do it. If you're if you like pay, good paper, this is a deal that you need to get on. So penchalet.com. Hit the password link at the top, enter Pen Addict, and you will get uh, access to these fantastic deals, which are exclusive for Pen Addict listeners. Thank you so much to Pen Chalet for their continued support, their ex- excellent support of this show yes. and Relay FM. They really are just such a great company to work with, and they do one of the most fun sponsored deals that we have, which is an ever rotating deal of incredibly useful and practical things. It's kind of amazing. So thanks, Pen yeah, Chalet. It really is. They do a great job. And, um, before we continue, while my power was out, I started working on my top five pins update that Uh-oh. I saw published this month. Mm-hmm. And uh, I noticed Leuchtturm wasn't in my top five paper brands. It was in the also brands. So look for that to uh, carry on off the charts, if you will. Because mm-hmm. it, it has become a very, very fountain pen friendly paper and uh, one I enjoy very much. So, All right. Last week, we talked about a Kickstarter project. Um, not the slice notebook. We're not going to talk about that one again, but we talked about the Rollgut, and I don't know if I'm still saying that right, but I know it's German and you know, you looked it up while we were talking and figured out the uh, origination of the name and it made really sense, Uh made a lot of sense, I should say. Um, 
And we got an email from the creator. He heard us <laughs> on the show. <laughs> so Thomas is the uh, <laughs> so Thomas is the creator of the Roll Goot, and I want to read his email because it's short and sweet. He says, "Hey guys, heard your podcast before bedtime yesterday, and I like how you've remind me on the name finding process. Here's an insight: we've struggled with the misleading name in the beginning, but finally thought, ah, come on, our product is rollable and great, Goot." means just great in German without stuff. So let's teach the word some positive the world some positive German words. There's also the wisdom I got it in my guts that felt good in the context of analog stuff. At least the domain rollgoot.com was short and free. <laughs> <laughs> have fun, I have Thomas. Oh, that was awesome. I uh, this was really really good. <laughs> so I love hearing that. I love hearing from creators and I really love this project. Uh again, I'm not putting my money behind it because I just think I don't think I would use it, but I love it. It's really cool. So if you're looking for a really interesting carry type item, definitely check out the roll Roll boot. And uh, (laughs) Thomas is clearly, clearly uh, a a good guy guy for reaching out to us. So good sport. When you see when you see that type of person behind the project, you know you're in good hands. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it will ever be roll gut. It will always be roll gut for me. It will like, always, always. always be roll gut. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's un. Yeah, that's, I always feel bad because that's always unfair. Always unfair to the, these creators who really mean it. But I, I like no, it. He's just I think like we were fair. We gave them a good shake. No, we were. No, we did. We did. And he's and I really like. He's like, oh come on, let's just go with it. It's rollable and it's great, and that's what it means. So we're going with it. So, yeah, I've been in many uh, of those I, types of naming situations in my life. Oh, oh, I'm in one right now. So uh, I'm we're having a lot of fun <laughs> with the seed notebooks and all kinds of ways you can imagine. And we knew that going into it, but we're like, you know, come on, let's have let's be real about uh-huh, it. So uh-huh. yeah, I. No, I I can I feel you, Thomas. You're you're preaching to the choir here. So another good group of guys that I wanted to talk about are our friends Ryan Krusak and Carrie Yeager, better known as Fountain Pen Day, Mr. Carrie, and Ryan, the maker of wonderful fountain pens, who I have become good friends with. And he's a Georgia Georgia guy himself, so he's not too far away from me. One of these days, I'll do a a live in person at his studio. I was only a couple hours away from me, so I need to get up there. I have the I have the open invitation. I haven't made it there yet. So Carrie let me in on a collaboration that they are doing for basically Sean Newton's scholarship fund. And if you're not familiar with this, this is something that Sean has done with his Newton pins for as long as I've known Sean. And Sean sent me the details just on the scholarship itself. He says, we've given away $26,000 in the last five years to high school kids going to college. Any kid, any school, any college, anywhere in the country. And we'll have a link. You can go learn about it. And in the past, they've done it by selling notebooks and postcards. Well, Carrie and Ryan got together to do a pen project that's going to support Sean's foundation as well. And Sean's going to start an endowment. So all the money raised can go towards that. And the fund will, you know, kind of sustain itself and he won't have to do as much notebooks and postcard selling as he's done before to raise money. So what this pen is, is Sean, uh, excuse me, Ryan has come out with a new pen model about a, I think it's about a year ago. I think it was San Francisco last year called the legend and he makes it in two different sizes, the L14 and the L16. L14, I think it means 14 millimeter diameter barrel, 16 larger, 16 millimeter diameter barrel. 
and it's this great cigar wood-shaped model, different types of wood. He makes the standard edition. This one's in what I think is probably the best, and it's it's this ebony wood that Ryan has, and it's going to have like smashed turquoise fountain pen day logo into it and i've got a picture of it we'll put the picture in the show notes mm-hmm. and and i'm sure y'all have seen it on my instagram if you're a panic member um i actually bought the first one of these in san francisco they haven't really officially launched this yet but they allowed me to buy one and i actually watched as i paid them for it um Ryan walked over to Sean and handed him his cut of the money from the proceeds. And it was a pretty big cut. It was, it was pretty nice to see the amount of money he brought over to him. And then I, I gave it away to Panatic members, um, last week. So this is cool. It's a big deal that these great people in the community are getting together to create something wonderful. And as of right now, there's not a link to go to Ryan's page, but it's coming soon to where you can order these. And the final details aren't out, but I will tell you this, they are not going to be widely available. They're going to be, I think, with Ryan's regular workflow, he was thinking he could make like five of these a month. So like 60 a year. And they're beautiful. They're well worth every penny. Um, I, I, I just don't know what to say anymore about this because I'm just in love with everything that he did here. The output, the cause. Yep. Everything's pretty much perfect. Yep. So go check it out. We'll have more news on this when you can yeah, actually once, officially once they're available, go get in the queue. We will follow up with it. But just for the time being, there's stuff that you can go and find out in the show notes. Like if you want to see more examples of what Ryan Krusek is avail- like is able to make, there's links to the current standard L14 and L16 lines that he sells, um, as well mm-hmm. as Brad's picture. I've got to say, man, I'm looking at these. The ebony with tiger eye is one of mm-hmm. like, I'm dying... Yep, tiger so when eyes. I, I love that so much. <laughs> when I bought my L14 a year ago, he wasn't making them in ebony yet. And then I've almost bought an ebony one, and then he did them with the jewels in the end. So that's going to be one of my next oh. pens. Is an ebony um, with the jewel in the end. Yeah, so he does a next pen show. In the end. This could be a purchase for me. Like I want to take a look at it and I want to see it because with the jewels you can you know i don't know i feel like there could be some variants in the way that they look yes and maybe yes. you would have more than one and i would want to check them out but i've yep. always loved tiger's eye like it's it's one of my favorite stones since i was a kid uh, because yep. when i was a kid i used to have a little collection of these types of things mm-hmm. it was one of mm-hmm. my very er- very early nerdy pursuits i used to subscribe to this magazine that was called like treasures of the earth or something <laughs> nice we all did that kind of stuff um yeah oh my god that was it treasures of the earth magazine and i had this like <laughs> this box of stones uh it was yeah it was kind of kind of a weird and wonderful thing that i used to do as a kid um yeah Tre- treasures of the earth magazine was like a real <laughs> big thing and uh yeah there there, uh, there isn't really anything for it on google just like base references to it and images of the magazine so i'll just put a google mm-hmm. image search in there but this is exactly what i had and tiger's eye was my favorite and uh yeah so i i have a lot of affinity for that so yeah beautiful beautiful stuff uh but more importantly uh a great cause yes so we will share when we have more it's essentially going to be a queue type of thing you're you'll get in the queue to get your pen made and ordered 
and support this great cause. So, and speaking, get an awesome pin. Speaking of which, I, every now and then I, a thought pops into my head about the fact that I still have a Newton pen on the way. Oh, you still still do? Yeah. I don't know when I'm supposed to be getting this pen, <laughs> uh, which I'm almost kind of leaving to, to, for it to be a surprise for me now. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> I just took tech my email. Uh, eight to 12 months was my time frame. Yeah. And I, I ordered oh, like, it in January, so I'm still uh, yeah. I'm I'm only three quarters of the way through my wait. Uh, right. One day I will get my my primary manipulation pen from uh, nice. from Sean Newton, and it's going to be a great present to myself. I ordered mine two or three years ago, and even then the wait time was like six months. So yeah, it's worth it. Well worth it. Oh yeah, um, there's a reason it's so busy. I mean, the amount that I paid for that pen, I know I'm going to feel like it's worth more. Like so, I'm cool with the wait. Mm-hmm. Like I'm cool with it. Uh, it will come to me one day. Yeah. So the next thing I wanted to talk about is something we've mentioned on the show before, but I forgot to pull in the link and talk about it on the show now that the review is out of it, and it's the Lamy Ion. So is this is one of new, one of the new pens that Lamy is releasing, and Pete Dennison, whose blog I love, is had a early edition of it. They were out in Europe, I believe. So some of the European people got them, and I got to hold one in San Francisco. And number one, you should go read Pete's review because it's extraordinarily good, very thorough, lots of details, lots of pictures. But the first thing I noticed when someone handed me this ion in San Francisco is, wow, this is heavy and it's large. So Hmm. we were thinking it's going to be somewhere along the lines. Like I had Lamy 2000 in my head, right, when I saw the shape of this pen. So you kind of had this mental thing and I've held lots of Lamy pins. I own lots of Lamy pins. I know what to expect from a Lamy pin. This is a big and heavy Lamy pin and it doesn't look like it should be. It's much bigger than the 2000, both in length, width, and in weight. That said, it feels pretty good. Like you'd expect Lamy to, you know, deliver a pretty well-balanced pen. The nib is a little bit different shape and I think it's going to do well because the price point I think is going to be like around $75. But it's not exciting. It's like, it's one of those pens like, okay, I have to buy it because I kind of need to review it and try it. Or, you know, I just need to play around with it. I have to have one for for research purposes, Mike. You know, you got to do the research. Oh, of course. But it's not exciting, again, where Lamy has an opportunity to do something exciting. You know, maybe, you know, I understand the introduction of a new product. You want to temper your expectations, see how the feedback is. Um, I'm well aware of that. So they have black and silver, which is decidedly a Lamy thing to do. But now's a chance to maybe, if this Ion does well, add in these crazy colors that they like to do in their lower end models. And I wish they would just branch out a little bit more in the upper end models. You know, I'm not asking for the purple Lamy 2000. They should have done that in the, you know, the 50th anniversary. But I am asking for the purple or turquoise Lamy Ion. Because it's kind of made for that, and it's kind of the right price point. So, anyway, I just wanted to point that out that Pete has this review up. Um, you know, I've shared this link and a couple of these other links that we're going to talk about in the Panatic Members newsletter. So you should you should subscribe to that. I'm going to pimp that here real quick. You should definitely subscribe to the newsletter. You get a lot of these things early. Get my full opinions on them. But there were some that were cool enough. I wanted to uh, elaborate on in a vocal manner instead of a written manner. And the ion was one. And the one thing that bugs me about this pen is 
the name of the pen is not capitalized, and I don't know why, and that's going to bug the stew out of me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get that. I don't know what they expect him to get out of the fact that it's all lowercase. I don't. It's probably some visual thing that they like for the way they write it, you know? Mm. But, I mean, for me, I mean, I haven't got any experience with this pen, but a bigger, heavier Lamy pen, great. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's great because they don't do that. Yeah. All their pens are light, yeah. and so maybe yeah. they should have something that's a bit more substantial. Uh, to offer a little bit more diversity to the line. Yeah. The studio is right in the middle, weight-wise, but this is much heavier than the studio. So, yeah. I think this pen is going to do well. I just What's don't it made know. of? It's got to be brass. It's certainly metal, most of it. Wow. So, it's probably brass. So, what is the but price I, point? I, it's 75 in the U.S., I believe, is what that's it's going to be. That's pretty good. Totally. Completely fair. And that it, and that's a weird price range, right? We always talk about the. It feels like a kind of trainee two thousand. Yeah, <laughs> the Lamy two thousand trainer. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because it's be. like in that range price. You know, like it's getting up to it, right? Like it's taking the steps up price point wise. It's a super um, good price point, and it looks. I think it there. looks great. I think it looks real nice. Yeah. Like if you like Lamy pens. But like, feel that maybe they're not too professional looking for your work, right? You know, like you're using them at work and you don't want to have a safari or whatever. And I mean, mm-hmm. I've never been that keen of the studio and stuff like that. They don't really do it for me. Um, this one is a much more professional looking Lamy pen without needing to spend $200 on a 2000 which may or may not come to you in a good condition because the nibs <laughs> can be weird. Do you know what I mean? Like, Sure, sure. This is, I think this is a good entry to their product line. Even though right. I stand by the fact that if you get a good Lamy 2000, it will be one of the best pens you will ever own. But I, I completely agree with that. Uh, yeah, that's a pen I don't use enough because it, it is really, really good. The 2000. Mine actually came out of my Dudek dock and went into the drawer mm. for a bit. It's It's been demoted yeah. for a little bit. Banished. Banished. Hey, Brad, do you want to know something? Like, do you want to hear about this? This gives you a, a little insight into my life. So... Came yes. home from the pen show, uh, kind of getting my things back in order. There's a couple of pens I need to ink up or whatever, and I've moved some some other stuff into storage. One of the pens that I've moved into storage is the M90 that I bought from from you. Mm. Clean that sucker so, out before I put it away. Yeah, filed away for safekeeping. Yep, very thoroughly cleaned out and put mm-hmm. in the put in the drawer for safekeeping. Nice. But I just wanted to let you know. I cleaned it before I stored it. Very good. Good on you, mate. There's no way I'm going to let anything bad happen to that pen. Oh, <laughs> I nearly shouldn't. dropped it, though. <laughs> like, not yours, like the one that I bought from Thomas. Yeah, well, this is why you have a second one. <sighs> yeah, I mean, the, it had the, the cap on, luckily enough. But I did think to myself, like, imagine imagine dropping that pen. It would be done. It would be game over. Oh, yes. I felt really bad about it. But I'm using yeah. it today. And it's wonderful because the Pilot M90 is the best. We were talking about this at the pen show. Um, is it this year or next year is 100 years? Next year. Next year. Th- if they yeah, don't do a version of this pen for their 100th, we need no to chance. boycott them. I'm going to go on the record. No chance. Because they just did the M90. They haven't done a Murex. There's so many things they have not done that they're not going to do another Mu. But your just um, is 10 years ago though, right? Yeah, as opposed to never, like yeah, some know, of the other models. But one hundred years, it feels like <laughs> you should do something special. All the pens, special. all the pens get special editions for a hundred years. Maybe they'll just Ever. do they pull a Lamy on us and just like they'll just do a Prera in blue. But give you it think name. I was mad about the Lamy 
I might just end the show if they do something stupid like that. Yeah. I will be they and cuz I'm saying that cuz I know they won't. I have all my faith in Pilot. Just don't yeah. be a just don't be a black and gold, one black and gold or rushi pen. Yep. Like which they have a tendency to do. So the I don't know what they're going to do. I wish I knew, but it it's going to be it's going to be that the hype train cometh on that one. This episode is also brought to you by our friends over at Harry's. Harry's are all about giving you a great shave at a fair price, and that is exactly why over 3 million people use Harry's probably every day. Harry's founders, Jeff and Andy, decided to create Harry's because they were fed up of overpriced razors and everything about them. The way that you have to buy them, the way that you kind of have to get them taken out of the cabinets and how expensive they are. So they bought a German factory with over 100 years of blade making experience, which is an extreme way to react to something that you're upset about, to buy a factory. <laughs> uh, and they, they set like about to ensure that they could produce the highest quality blades that they could and sell them at half the price of the leading five-blade razor directly to you over the internet. And all of Harry's products are backed by a 100% quality guarantee. Harry's is so confident that you're going to love their blades, they want to give you their trial set for free. You just need to cover the cost of shipping. This free trial set includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision-engineered blades of a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, their rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. This is $13 of value for you to try out. Now, Mr. Brad Dowdy, mm-hmm. I know that you are a uh, devout Harry's fan. Yeah, so let me tell you something I learned okay. this week. I, I learned something new all the time with hair. As you think with a simple razor and a simple blade, you know, there wouldn't be much to talk about. But I learned, Mike, that these blades are so good, you can even shave via flashlight light with them. You don't have to worry about oh. your neck getting cut up. <laughs> so I had to shave in the dark this week. Because you were without folks, power. Because I was without power, and my Harry's blade came to the rescue. You know, these other crappy blades I was using before I'd be worried about nicking up my skin not being able to see what I'm doing mm-hmm. with Harry's didn't even have to think about it smooth clean shave for no one to see me in the darkness but thank you Harry's for providing that uh, for me that's kind of amazing <laughs> alright you want to get Harry's yourself you should Come on, stop messing around. Go to harrys.com slash penaddict right now and you can get started and claim your free trial offer. You can get started shaving with Harry's today. All you need to do is cover shipping. It's harrys.com slash penaddict. Thank you so much to Harry's for their support of this show and Relay FM. I'm very excited about this next link, Mike. I, I opened this up today. I scrolled through the images and I closed it because <laughs> I have no idea what's going on here. So, good friend of the show, Drees from the Pencil Case blog, did a review a week or so ago. Peter Spica Virginis 3D printed fountain pen review. So, I'm reading this and I'm thinking, oh, sweet, 3D fountain, 3D printed fountain pens. I'm starting to hear things, starting to see some manufacturers make some things. And then I click this link. And unlike you, Mike, I didn't close it and run away. I was fascinated. This is the most unreal fountain pen. This is way more than the Stallone Chaos pen. This is way more wild than that. And it's machine printed. Like the level of detail. Like 
you wouldn't catch me dead with this pen. Number one, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. It's so not me. It's really expensive. But I see the possibilities here, Mike. Mm-hmm. If you can do something this insane with a pen, imagine what kind of cool pen you can make out of this. I mean, <laughs> not that this isn't a cool pen. This is just a different type of cool. This is a cool pen for a museum. But imagine what everyday type of pens you can make with what Peter did here. This thing blows my mind. I want to say this thing's like $1,600 or something. Crazy, crazy priced. Um, It's not even worth looking at the price. It's so outrageous, I'm pretty sure. Oh, never mind. 2,500 euros. So even more than that. So closer to probably (laughs) $4,000. Yeah. But it looks like that, right? Even the nib is 3D printed. Because it does look like one of those Stallone pens to me. Yeah. So I see the possibilities here is all I'm looking at. Like, okay, obviously the pen is made to show what 3D printing can do. I just imagine like what something normal and basic could look like. It could be pretty awesome. And you could add these features on the fly and you could change change around things in a uh, kind of a, you know, quicker turnaround when you're doing your own 3D printing and... I don't know. I just this was really it was an eye opening post for me, and I wanted to share it with uh, with everyone, and I wanted to get your feedback on it because yeah, I get it. When you look at this, and you look at the first picture, you're like, no way, and you know where. And I just look at the possibilities. Like the level of detail fascinates me. I think there's something here, Mike. I think this is something to pay attention to. I've always thought 3D printed pens could be a thing and now we're starting to see the technology get there just like with the analog plus digital technology we talked about before with Moleskine you're getting closer um this is beyond close this is extreme like this is done like and uh yeah I I don't I don't know what else to say about this other than I'm completely fascinated with the opportunity that this presents to this community it's kind of wild get get me one of these yeah, so I haven't gone and looked at uh, Peter's other designs. You know, I imagine this is like, this is the show design, right? This is what you want to blow people's mind with. And you say, here, I have this regular thing too. I want to see what those regular things are going to look like in the future. So that's what I'm in. That's what I'm interested in. So, because yeah, we've seen some attempts. And it's just like, yeah, technology is really not there. This is a different level. Mm-hmm. Flipping the script, I want to talk about some paper. The Yamamoto paper. We didn't get to talk enough about it. Um, we did it some in our, our San Francisco pen show recap. But since then, they put the links out for the paper tasting, which I talk about. You recall me talking about that a couple weeks ago? Yep, I do. So we did uh, this whole grouping of paper. I just wanted to make sure everyone knew that those links were out now. You could go read more about the paper tasting. Um, that was something that I was uh, happy to be involved in out in San Francisco. They have the details now on what type, what they don't list all the papers, but they have a lot of them listed here on the site and it tells you what you get in each. Actually, they do have all the papers listed. This is fascinating as I scroll down. So go read this because I think it's a really neat product and it's something a lot of our listeners are going to enjoy and want to um, try out in the future. It's a, they're not quite available yet. But this gives you an idea of what's contained. And uh, I could go through some of these. I'll do this another day and tell you which ones I have tested and which ones were really, really 
kind of mind blowing and, and differently uh, performing than I than I thought they were going to be. Would you ever have anything interested to this? Uh, I know you can just go down to what WH Smiths is that what they're called and and get whatever paper you want. But would you be interested in a random sampling of interesting paper? Maybe. Um, yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't totally seem like your thing. I wasn't setting you up or anything. Yeah. It just it doesn't seem totally like your thing. It. it I see why it's a great thing. I don't want this much paper in my life. Yeah. Because I, I'm in, all it's going to do go is ahead. end up with me having tons of paper and then buying more paper, <laughs> uh, which I yeah. may never use. Right? Like that's. I'm trying to do less of that. Yeah. But it's. Yeah, I like I that it that. exists as a thing that people can like try around. Like it's the same as like why an art snacks exists or something like that. You know, like right? You, you get exposed to things that you maybe wouldn't try otherwise. So Art Snacks is a perfect example of why I like this type of product. When someone puts this much work into something, I'm happy to give them money to at least try it out to see if I like it. Like you can yeah. tell the time and effort was put in to deliver a top-notch product and then it's up to you to decide, okay, does it work for you? But um, that's exactly what I see with Art Snacks. You know, how do they curate so well? And then the same thing here with uh, Yamamoto Paper. Um, this is very, very highly detailed and organized uh, system that they've come up with. So mm -hmm. the last thing I want to talk about before we get into some STPA is I got to give it a, sh a shout out to Troy from Brute Force Design. And I've shared this on uh, Instagram and he doesn't have this model up on his, on his page. But I, I remember about a year ago, well, it was longer than a year ago. I started seeing his pins pop up on Instagram and I always loved them. I always thought they were a really good shape. And then he was at the San Francisco pin show last year. And I went over to him when he was setting up and he didn't quite have everything out yet. And I said, I'm going to come back. And then it was one of those things. Well, by the time I came back like Sunday, everything that I wanted was gone. So I didn't get, you know, one of his uh, metal machine pens at that time. Well, in the year between the 2016 show and the 2017 show, he's added some acrylics into his manufacturing rotation. And he gave me one in San Francisco that I'm really, really enjoying. Um, and I don't know the model name, but it's one of the acrylic cigar shaped models. They're not on the site yet, but y'all should definitely look at Troy's work because he does some really, really cool stuff. And mine, Mike, mm, it is hot pink fire. It is awesome. I love this pen. Um, it fits like a standard Bach nib, uh, which I enjoy. So a standard steel Bach nib. And uh, yeah, it's just killer. So I wanted to give him a special shout out for uh, sending that pen my way because it is lovely and it's lovely to use and uh, inked up with some hot Califolio Andronopal because that's what you do with pink pens. There's no other ink for it. Mm -mm, mm -mm. You would like this pen. You would love what he's doing with some of his acrylics. And he's put starting to put them on Instagram. It's beautiful. I don't know when he's going to start selling them. He does really good work. The quality is good. The price is good. So yeah, definitely check out what Troy's doing at Brute Force Design. So I wanted to give him a shout out. All right. Should we take one final break? And then Yeah, it's almost yeah. lunchtime. So you need to feed me. Yeah, well, I'm. it's approaching dinner time for me, so this is both the best and worst place to talk about Blue Apron. <laughs> they are the number one recipe delivery service with the freshest ingredients. They have a mission. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone while supporting a more sustainable food system. 
They tackle this in a few different ways. To make it accessible to everyone, they ship you just the right amount of every ingredient that you need for a recipe, along with step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe cards, and every meal can be cooked at home in 40 minutes or less. No matter what your skill level is, they, they make it available and possible to everyone, and you'll learn along the way. To support a more sustainable food system, they set high standards for their ingredients, and they work with a bunch of different bodies to make sure that they have great food coming from great places. They reduce food waste by just shipping you the amount that you need, and all of their ingredients are seasonal. They have seasonal ingredients. They're all with fantastic recipes. They're all, and every single ingredient that arrives from a Blue Apron meal is covered by their freshness guarantee. So if it doesn't arrive ready to cook, they're going to make it right. Blue Apron meals cost less than $10 per meal. And you will get a fantastic choice available to you. You can choose from a huge variety of recipes. Every single week, they have fantastic stuff available to you. Or you can let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you. Right now, this is the painful part. Right now, you can cook meals like garlic butter, shrimp, and corn Mm. with green bean salad and roasted purple tomatoes. Skillet vegetable chili with cornmeal and cheddar drop biscuits or maybe even summer vegetable and egg paninis with Calabrian chili mayonnaise and caprese salad. Dang. I am so hungry. There's no weekly commitments. <laughs> you can get deliveries when you want them. You can check out this week's menu and get three meals for free with your first purchase just by going to blueapron.com slash penaddict, and that includes free shipping as well. You're going to love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So go to blueapron.com slash penaddict to get started today. Thank you so much to Blue Apron for their support of this show. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Mm, Awesome. Thank you, Blue Apron. All right, we got a good batch of ass TPA, and a lot of it relates to some of the things we've already talked about this show. This first one does not, but I think it's a great question. I want to throw it out to the uh, listeners because I have a thought, but let's see. Uh, Lerlini on Twitter asks, what is the best way to fill multiple sample vials with multiple inks? For example, 10 people with 10 inks each. So 100 sample vials you need to fill, Mike. There's no great way to do this, but... I would just go the simple route and go with the pipettes. They're they're so cheap. Um, A lot of people give them away for free at pen shows. You can buy them in bulk. They're easier to clean than a syringe, and you can go faster in filling. I don't know another way to fill 100 ink vials more quickly than with the pipettes. What do you think? Build something. (laughs) Yeah, we could. I mean, that's a different answer. Like, Uh we could build some, you know, like cow milking system yeah that's exactly what i imagine you take a block of wood you drill like 20 holes in it you fill 20 things at a time you put some little straws in it like some tubes with a funnel Mm -hmm. at the top of it and you just pour some ink in and it fills them all in one go or like you know those um those water balloon things that you can get where like you fill up a hundred water balloons at a time one of those oh so like uh okay so now you've got me really going off the trails here how about a turkey baster do you know what a turkey baster yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to imagine. <laughs> you so you, like the, you can suck up the entire bottle of ink yep. into the turkey baster and then just go to all the sample vials. That's that's a quick way of doing it without building anything. Yeah. But I think if this is something that you're doing on a semi-regular basis, you should build something. Yeah. The chat room does have a great idea. Rez says, just go over the hotel sink and pour the bottle over your vial. 
That's no, not a good idea. That's not a good idea. So this one's right up your alley, Mike. D. McKe- McKechnie wants to know, do you think it's safe to put the High Sierra Beta on my Lamy 2000, or should I wait for the version 1 release? What do you think? I don't even know how to answer that question. <laughs> I don't know, but a question. I, thought it, I thought it was a perfect question for the uh, the topics that we discussed today. But um, I would not put Beta on any of my devices that I use to do work with every day. So there's your answer. All right, Ben Margolis. You know Ben from the DC Pin Show. He gave us all those pins and stationery from Tokyo. He says, which do you pick, Mew or Murex? This is an easy question for both of us. I go Mew. Yeah, I mean, that's your M90. Yeah. That's what the M90 is based off of. And I go Murex. I mean, there's just no doubt in my mind, Murex every time. So if you're trying to pick one... Ben and you want our recommendations, you're not going to get a clear answer from either of us because we both have a favorite that's opposite from each other. And we both stand behind those things very, very much. As much as I love the Mew and the M90, the Murex is for me. No, oh, I and like the smaller, completely smooth style. Yep. All right. KJ Miller, who uh, has a, a tech podcast, and I forgot to. Uh, I forgot to put the link in there. We'll put the link in the show notes and I'm going to be on it soon. Uh, Productivity in tech, I believe it is called. So tell me if I got that wrong, KJ, when you listen, but I'm going to be a guest on his show. I've got it right now. It's productivity in tech. It'll be in the show notes. Yes. So um, really, really fun podcast. And he's looking for desk pad notebook options. He's been using the Baron Fig Mastermind, which is kind of the large plot pad for your desk. And then he says, I know Studio Neat's coming, which is the Pano book, which you said you were using. What else is out there? So before both of these products existed, my favorite is the Mormon um, Nemo sign. I don't even, I never learned how to say that. Um, it comes in a large, like 11 by 11 by eight. I guess it comes in an A4 size and it's spiral bound and it can be in horizontal or vertical orientation. It's really made for horizontal orientation, like a desk pad. So it does have a, spiral bound like the studio neat does where the mastermind does not it's completely flat so depending on if you want the spiral or not my favorite um is still the moramon because i think it has better paper than the studio neat one even though i love this the profile of the, the studio hardest neat one. googleable product of all time jeez the mormon because yeah sorry yeah it's impossible. i should have put the link in there sometimes i found I'm good it at putting the links <laughs> M A R U A M A M A R U M A N. I can spell Mormon, it for you. Nemo sign. M N E M O S Y N E. Like literally every yeah. ability, every way to spell this. It's none of them. It's none of them. Yeah, <sighs> like I can, I can spell that. Someone all day needs long. to sit down with this company it. and and help no. them. Yeah, like Robo Jim reminds you, and it's what they would say inside the cover. It's it's the Greek goddess of memory, Mike. I don't care. I don't care. That's a terrible <laughs> thing to base. I don't care that it's Greek. It's a terrible thing to base it on. Like, mm, whatever. So anyway, that's always been my number one desk pad by far. It's I the say right. it's the worst, the worst ever because of the name. You shush. You that's shush. My opinion on this, the worst. <laughs> the paper's amazing. I don't care. KJ. I don't care. The paper. It's all about the paper. I don't care. So, yeah. I don't care. 
Don't support right. them, KJ. Terrible name. <laughs> they make some of the best paper in the world. Uh, I, I will fight on anyone on that. Mormon. It's just a shame Oof. no one can find it's it. good stuff. It's the same no one can pronounce it. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you know where to look, you can find anything, Mike. So here's one I don't know how to find, and I'm asking the audience, because I don't think such a thing exists unless it's some whack job noodlers ink. So Nick Pittick wants to know, is there any permanent water-resistant ink with crazy sheen out there? Does that exist? I, I am, I'm literally asking. I have no clue. Um, you know, any of the permanent inks I use are your basic carbon blacks or nano blues from Sailor, carbon blacks from Platinum. Um, you know, I use Iron Gall inks, but they have color variation, but not sheen. So I don't know if that's not a possibility. Um, because I use a lot of Iron Gall inks, which are permanent. None of them have sheen. They'll have some really good shading and they'll look very pretty. They do not sheen. So if anyone has an answer, let me know. I'd be interested uh, for myself and I will let Nick know. So Michael, Michael J, who I want to give a shout out. This is top secret, Mike. Not even you know about it. See, I don't, I don't tell you all the things. Oh man, me and Michael working on a project, Mike. Mm. It's uh, it's almost in the release stage. Almost in the release stage, so I'll leave it at that. Is this another one of those secret podcasts top, that you're doing without top me? Top secret. No. Okay. No. Top secret project, though. So he asks, and this this is a question near and dear to my heart. It says, at curriculum night for my daughter last night, her teacher mentioned that they will be teaching kids proper pencil grip this year because she said that if they don't learn it by the end of the first grade, it's near impossible to correct in the future. I am now wondering, is there only one correct pen or pencil grip? And if so, what is it? So I'm going to go with... No, there's not only one correct grip, but what they're probably teaching in which everyone answered uh, Michael in the Slack room last night was the tripod grip. That's the very traditional grip that is taught. Now, neither of my kids, so I have a sixth grader and a fourth grader. So neither of my kids were taught how to grip. They never had any type of homework on how to grip a pencil or a pen. But they were definitely taught, you know, letters and how to write and, and all that type of stuff. My daughter does not use the tripod grip. My son does use the tripod grip. My son's handwriting is awful. My daughter's handwriting is beautiful. So I don't think there's one correct grip. And being in this, you know, world where we see everyone write You see the most beautiful handwriting no matter the grip style. So I don't think it's important. I don't think, I do think they can learn later in life how to change their grip. I don't think it's that difficult. It's like learning, like when I sat down to learn an architectural style handwriting, it requires a little bit of a different grip. And you can learn that stuff even in your old age like me. So they're going to get taught the tripod grip, which is actually, that's great. But if your child doesn't like it and it makes their handwriting worse, They'll figure it out eventually. That's kind of what my daughter did. She always had a weird grip. I don't even know how I can explain it. But her handwriting is beautiful. My son has the perfect traditional grip. <laughs> His handwriting is garbage. We have to work on it all the time. Poor buddy. <laughs> but he's got a perfect grip. And it's nothing to do with the grip. It's just he just doesn't have those motions. So um, let them teach away. They're going to figure out what makes their letters look the best as they go and if they don't learn traditional tripod grip that's no problem it doesn't matter if you have bad handwriting you can get along in the swab yeah no i i you know what mike 
I was never anti-bad handwriting, but I am totally come around. I'm pro-bad handwriting. You hate handwriting like, in schools, right? That's, that's right. You you hate that? You think it should be banned? Didn't you write that book? Oh, I'm getting my wires <laughs> crossing out. I was about to kill you for a I second. I know you were. Because the silence is yeah. like he, he was trying yeah. to work out what I was doing to you. Yeah. That, that, I was a little confused there. Yeah. But uh, please keep teaching handwriting in schools, even if it's not cursive. cursive. Teach our kids how to write with pens and pencils, please. All right. Tony wants to know, are you buying a Hobonichi this year? I'm assuming this is directed to me because I've, I have and I haven't bought and I am still not buying a Hobonichi. It's probably the hardest thing I don't buy every year. I think about it every time. <laughs> I know it's a mistake and it's not an expensive mistake to make, which is why I sometimes end up buying it and then I still don't use it. So I didn't buy one last year and I held out. So I'm going again, Tony. No Hobonichi for me this year. Um, you know, the cousin's really tempting, but it's even bigger. Like I would use it even less. It's like, it's a ridiculous thing to say, but it's the hardest thing I don't buy every year because I want to love it so much because it is such an amazing product, but I will stick with my Midori, uh, calendars that I, I use and can fill in my own dates as I, as I go and have a much smaller writing areas. So, all right. Last one, Mike, from future uh, show host, I believe, Joey Feldman, right? Is that what's going to be? He's well, going to be hosting the show? Definitely past. Mm, definitely in the past. Okay. All right. So Joey wants Possibly to know. Possibly in the future. <laughs> if you totally love a pen and nib size, is it okay to buy every color edition of it? Maybe ink it all up with different colors. I don't know if this has ever been asked ever. So I what do you think, Mike? I think that is a perfectly fine thing to do. I have yeah. a collection of Retro 51s. Mm-hmm. I love I mean, the, the pen. I mean, the answer is clearly yes. Right? I love the pen, and I buy all the editions that I want of it. You know, like, I now have two um, Canalea pens. They're, in essence, the same pen, just in a different design. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I want more uh, Sailor Pro Gears, um, mm-hmm. just in different colors. Like, I think this is a perfectly valid thing to do. If you mm-hmm. find something mm-hmm. you like... Buy a few of them and buy some different ones and ink them up in different ways. I think this is a, a really, really great thing to do. Yeah, and there's uh, never any anyone who's embraced that philosophy more than Joey himself. I've never seen a man make so many purchases in such a short amount of time once he finds he likes something and then within five minutes have at least half of them sold. So good job, Joey. Keep up the good work, but buy all the pens, fill them all up with ink and enjoy them and enjoy the pen Attic podcast mike mm-hmm. once you get us out of here on this great day you can find our show notes for this week's episode over at relay.fm slash pen addict slash 274 thanks again to our lovely sponsors pen chalet blue apron and harry's um, if you would like to find brad online go to penaddict.com and knock.co he is at dowdy on twitter and pen Addict on instagram i am i mike i am yke uh if you want to participate in a few different ways with the show you can do that send in your questions with hashtag ask tpa uh, there's a wiki uh, stationary.wiki which you can contribute to and there's a subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash pen addict uh, thanks so much for listening as always and we'll be back next time until then say goodbye brad goodbye brad <laughs>